0: Hello and welcome to the Swine Disease Reporting System. This is the report number 70. We're going to cover the findings from the previous month of the SDRS, the month of uh, November. My name is Edison Magalhães here at the SDRS
1: podcast. Hello, my name is Giovanni Trevisan at the SDRS. Hello, my name is Guilherme, also at SDRS. Hello, Daniel Linhares with the SDRS team.
0: And today, as I mentioned, we're going to cover the findings from the previous month, the month of November, 2023. And we have the pleasure to having here today Dr. JQ uh, joining the SDRS podcast. Dr. Zhang uh, is currently a professor at the Iowa State University and a diagnostic virologist focusing on swine medicine. Dr. Zhang also got his medical degree from the Beijing Medical University and his PhD in molecular virology at the University of Kentucky in Lexington. His research has had a major impact of, on Iowa in the U.S. and global animal health, specifically He has uh, worked uh, with important emerging swine virus identification, such as PD, Delta coronavirus, and and Seneca virus. Uh, Zoonotic virus, such as influenza, and virus with a significant economic impact on the swine industry, and he's uh, well known by his work on PERS. And in today's episode, Dr. Zhang will talk about the new global PERS lineage classification system, and also Sirijita a PhD student here at Iowa State University at the Computer Science Department uh, and Data Analyst for, for the SDRS, will talk about the application of this new lineage, uh, lineage classification to the SDRS project. So welcome both Dr. JQ and Sirijita.
2: Thank you, Edison, for the introduction. Glad to be here to join the SDRS podcast. Hi, thank you for the introduction, uh, Edison.
3: It's
4: been great working with the SDRS so far. Thank you, Dr. Zeng and Sergita for being able to join us today on the podcast. But before I go there, Guilhem, what are the main finds for the SDRS during the
1: month of November? Hey, Giovanni, for the first page that we have the poorest virus, like we have the third consecutive month of increased positivity in the winter market category for this specific virus. And also when we look to the our database was also the 30 consecutive months that the average CT values of the submissions of the win-to-market are dropping. And nowadays are uh, around 27 to 26, the CT average of the submissions.
4: So here we go again, lots of activities of are in the field at this time of the year. What advisory group, Mention for us about this.
1: According to our advisory group, this period of the year that we start to have more clinical cases of PERS, we we it is expected to have this drop in the CT values and the submission for example, that we are identifying the SDRS, but also according to our advisory group, the lineage that they are dealing in the field uh, in these last years, they are having like more cases that we have a lower CT values in, in these lineage that are affecting the farms in the winter market category.
4: So. Lots of activity of purse virus. And how about the entire coronavirus? Anything different there?
1: Well, the colder months just arrived, right? We are in the coming to the winter, and this is expected to have an increased activity of this coronavirus. And PED and Delta are increasing in all the age categories this, this month. And also we would like to highlight that for Delta coronavirus, these increasing percentage positive submissions were above the expected in this month of November.
4: And how about the other? pathogens that we have in the
1: report, yeah, as we alerted before the the colder months again, the winter that we have an increased activity of these endemic pathogens and p c v two we are having an increased uh percentage of post submissions in the winter market category, and for influenza A virus what uh well, what is an alert, uh, alert for the s d r s is that we are having an increase positivity in the cell farms uh submissions that we are having. And these activities, not only for PERS, but for influenza, is also supported by the ISU VDL confirmed diagnosis data. That we are having over 400 cases of confirmed tissue diagnosis for PERS, and for influenza, over 200 cases only in this period of November, which together with Streptococcus suisse, are the three main pathogens that are being detected this month.
0: Very good. Thank you, Giovanni. Thank you, Guilherme, for, for this update of the, the SDRS findings from the previous month. So, now let's move to our discussion with our guests here today. So, first of all, Dr. JQ, there's no other way of starting this podcast that is not talking about this new classification uh, system about PERS. So, in your opinion, why do we need uh, a new lineage classification system for PERS, and how was it developed?
2: Well, it's uh, well known that uh, both the type 1 PERS and the type 2 PERS are genetically diverse, you know. So, people wanted to have a way to describe PERS uh, genetic relatedness and differences. So, back to, to 1998, RFLP typing um, based on the cutting pattern of PERS 2 of 5 sequences by three restriction enzymes were introduced um, in North America to distinguish the BI you know, in JLVAC PERS MOV vaccine from the water type strains. Since then, RFP typing has been widely used in North America to describe first uh, two diversity. You may be familiar with uh, some you know, terminology example, RFP patent 252, 174, and so on, you know. Mm-hmm. So we have to say that uh, RFP patent, you know, this uh, itself is easy for communications and also some RFP patents uh, can pretty accurately reflect the genetic, uh, genetic relatedness. For example, the viruses having 252 RFP typing, they're pretty closely related to each other. And also viruses having 174, they are all similar to each other. However, you know, in most of the scenarios, RFP typing uh, has some shortcomings. Um, For example, the viruses having the same RFP pattern, like 144, they could be genetically divergent. They are not related to each other, but they have the same RFP pattern. And also, on the other hand, some viruses have a different RFP pattern, example 174, 173, but they could be closely related to each other. So overall, the RFP typing is not an uh, accurate method to determine PERS2 genetic relatedness and the diversity. So in 2010, uh, Shimon from Dr. Frederick Liangzhe group at uh, University of Hong Kong, proposed um, the PERS2 of five based lineage and sublineage systems. Mm-hmm. So they analyzed the uh, over 8,200 global post 2 of five sequences and uh, proposed the nine lineage systems, mm-hmm. lineage one through lineage nine, and uh, 37 sublinges So those nine lineage systems have been widely used. However, the 37 sublinges have not been uh, accepted for use worldwide because they did not provide the reference sequences for those 37 sublineages. So in 2019, uh, Dr. Igor Pavlovsky uh, from the Dr. Kim Wendell group at Minnesota, they analyzed over 4,000 plus two of five sequences only from U.S and mm. then they refined the sublineges within the one they proposed you know ninja one a one b one c one d alpha one d beta and one e and then two years later in 2021 the same group analyzed more sequences they further you know refined them, the sublinges in ninja one they basically added Sublineages one F, one G, and one H. So they did not analyze the other lineages. They only focus on lineage one. And secondly, for those sublineages within lineage one, uh, there were some issues. Example, lineage one B and one G. Actually, they are closely clustered to each other. You know, it's harder to distinguish them. Similarly, the one D alpha and one um, E clustered together. It makes no sense to have those two separate sublinges. You know, so due to these reasons, um, um, my group decided to refine the first two of five-based uh, classification system. So we collaborated with some folks at Iowa State and also the uh, one researcher from the USDA. And also the uh, Igor Pavlovsky and Kim Wendell from Minnesota, and the Dr. Shimang from Sun Yat-Sing University in China. So we collaborated and, um, on this work. We basically uh, analyzed over 82,000 global Post 2 over 5 sequences. We collected all of those sequences. Uh, with uh, the best effort we could put into to to get those sequences. It's a pretty thorough analysis, uh, and also the sequences spanning from the year 1989 to 2021. So with that, uh, we refined the lineages into 11 lineages, you know, lineage 1 through lineage 11, and also uh, with some sub-lineages Within lineage one, five, eight, and nine. So, also, you know, with those information, we were able to, to determine the geographic and the temporary distribution of those uh, lineages and the sublineages worldwide.
4: Wow, GQ, that's a lot of sequence, more than 8,000 sequence to refine this classification of Perseus 2. So can you explain to our audience why we have new lineage and sub-lineage?
2: Yeah, so as I mentioned that Shi uh, Eto in 2010, they proposed uh, nine lineages, but uh, I noticed that in some countries, uh, they have some new sequences, but uh, those do not cluster within those nine lineages. So they just uh, use uh, their own way to describe those, you know, it's just uh, make it um, inconsistent and inconvenient for communication. Uh, that is the one, so that's why we look at uh, all of these over 82 sequences we proposed 11 lineages. So our lineage 1 through lineage 9, we tried to be consistent with the previous lineages, but the lineage 10 and the lineage 11 are new lineages. lineage 10 um, have mainly been found in Thailand, Lineage 11 have been, been, mainly been found in South Korea. So mm-hmm. that is at the lineage level. So our system has the two new lineages, lineage 10 and lineage 11. At the sublineage levels, um, we proposed uh, sublineages within lineage 1, 5, 8, and 9. But we could not compare our sublineage system with the 2010 paper because uh, that did not provide the reference sequences for sublineages, mm-hmm. But overall, you know, our you know, uh, lineage five um, have the two sub- sub-lineages that are pretty consistent with the shoes. But our lineage eight and lineage nine, each of those include uh, uh, 5 sublinges. Example, the 8A, 8B, 8C, 8D, 8E, and the 9A, 9B, 9C, 9D, 9E. This is only five sublinges in each of those, but um, in ensures uh, they have 17 sublinges within uh, lineage nine. So ours basically got uh, simplified for this uh, classification lineage level. And then for our uh, sublinges within lineage one, we tried to, to be consistent with um, what Papalosky proposed. But uh, we made some changes. As I mentioned early on, their sublineage 1B and 1G are closely related to each other. It's um, difficult to, to distinguish them. So we basically merged 1B and 1G into a single sublineage 1B. And then we retired the terminology 1G. So in our system, there's no 1G sublineage there. This is one example. The second example, the 1d alpha sub and and 1e in their system also closely related to each other. We combine those two into 1e, and we discontinued to use 1d alpha. And then we renamed the 1d beta into 1d, and then discontinued to use the terminology 1d beta. So this is just examples of the several changes at the sublineage level. And then another point is that um, we realize that even at the sublineage level, some sublineages still include genetically diverse sequences. For example, lineage 1C. If you analyze the sequences, it have the multiple clusters. One of those corresponding to the newly emergent L1C variant strain, but you know this L1C variant is really not a very professional name. <laughs> so we further divided L1C into five groups: L1C. point one, point two, point three, point four, point 0.5. So L1C. point five corresponding to the L1C variant strain. So. We just make some, you know, um, clarification about that, you know. So we believe um, this, you know, classification system um, will be more accurate for communications. And also, uh, in this the classification system, we have only uh, subdivided to the level below sub for L1C. For others, example sublingual 1A, 1H, 1E, we have not classified them into the next level. Maybe in the future, uh, if there's a need for epidemiology investigation, we can further classify those to the next level.
1: Well, thank you, JQ. It's a tremendous work and I really like the fact that it's like you said, it's, it's global, right? It's, it's, it's a global system. And so I think you are already alluded to that, but the follow up question is, uh, what is the, how can veterinarians and producers use this lineage system? What are the applications and how can this be helpful for uh, their practice?
2: Uh, yes, you know, as I mentioned earlier on, the RFOP typing is still commonly used in North America. Uh, we know that um, some shortcoming with that, uh, So our goal is um, to replace RFP typing with this uh, lineage and uh, sub systems. Uh, So hopefully uh, veterinarian producers will gradually accept this concept. And then secondly, uh, as you mentioned, um, is a global thing. So the researchers in some countries, I said they use their own ways to describe the uh, perth to detect in their country. It's just make it inconsistent. So in our publication, we provided um, a reference sequences with uh, 1,100 uh, reference sequences. It's available worldwide. People can just use these reference sequences to analyze their sequences. So this will help promote the global standardization of PERS2 genetic classification. Uh-huh. In addition, you know, with the help of Dr. Michael Zeller, we have um, incorporated our PERS-2 of five based genetic classification system into NextClade classifier. So NextClade uh, is uh, famous uh, because of this sars cov you know, during the SARS-CoV-2 um, mm-hmm. outbreak, people basically use the Clade to... Determine the variant the strength of SARS CoV 2. So, we you know, incorporate our mm-hmm. classification system into Nextclade. We have the one link for that uh, person to Nextclade. People around the world can just uh, enter their sequences into Nextclade in a few seconds. They can determine the lead and the subline information of their sequences. So, this is very user friendly. Uh, I will say, you know, the producers, veterinarians uh, still can rely on, for example, the case report to find out the lineage, sub information of their sequences. But if they want to try by themselves, this next clade will allow them to enter sequences and then find out such information by themselves. So this will generate some additional interest of them. So also this um uh new system will allow the veterinarians and the producers to communicate more accurately with each other. For example, if they detect L1C point five, when they said this, they will immediately know oh, this is you mean this L1C variant Okay. And also example uh, L8D has only been detected in Mexico has not been detected in other countries. Let's say if you uh, collect a sample in the U.S. and then you find out your sequence belong to 8D, then that will immediately be a red flag that to tell you, you, you need to do some further investigation because this 8 has never been detected in the U.S. Mm. Similarly, 8E, 8E is um, mainly related to the high pathogenic identified in China in 2006. That has been detected in multiple Asian countries, but has never been detected in the U.S. If you, you know, (laughs) find one sequence in ADE, that also will be a red flag. So I just hope, you know, with this system, that will provide some tools for veterinarians and producers to communicate. Also, that will help them to monitor some emergence of some variant strains. So the last but at least I wanted to um, mention that uh, despite the numerous advantages of this new classification system mentioned by me, we have to, to realize that uh, this system is not perfect. Uh, number one, uh, some sublinges still include genetically diverse strains. As a proof of concept, we have only classified sublineage I1c into the next level example I1C.1 through 3. .5. For other sub we have not done so. So in the future, that will be some additional work uh, for that purpose. Secondly, although we analyzed over 82,000 sequences, we tried our best to obtain these sequences. Um, it's very likely that uh, uh, some sequences from some countries have not been included in our database for analysis. So, uh, I, we just hope that our system at least provides a basis. People can use this as a basis for additional analysis. If uh, in the future they want to, to propose additional linges or sublinges, then it is fine. We just provided the platform. The third one, uh, our classification system is only based on all four five sequences. As you know, the whole genome sequencing will give them, provide more information, give you a whole picture. So in the future, we need to uh, develop some classification system based on whole genome sequencing or other genomic regions. And the last one, again, this uh, genetic classification system. Is useful to determine the virus genetic relatedness and diversity, but it's not accurate to correlate this lineage with the virulence or the cross protection between viruses. I just want to caution people about this.
1: No, oh, great information, Dr. JQ. And moving to Siregita now, that Dr. JQ provided this new classification system for PERS, and how the SDRS is going to incorporate this data and how we're going to report that as well in the future right now.
3: So, as Dr. JQ mentioned, that he has created a new reference sequence file for all the users uh, to be uh, to be able to use and reclassify their sequences. Uh, at SDRS, we have used that reference file along with Perse uh, one reference sequences provided by Dr. Travison, and we have used those sequences to reclassify all historical data, and uh, we have incorporated it into the SDRS database. And going forward, we are also going we are continuing doing this reclassification, or for any other new sequences that is entering the SDRS database today. Uh, and we are doing this to maintain consistency, and we will keep the SDRS database updated in this way. Uh, So we have already seen some changes in the number of sequences classified as unknown in the database. So previously we had over 10.18% of the total uh, sequences at the SDRS database, which was classified as unknown or undetermined sequences, uh, lineages. But right now that number has reduced to 1.92%. And in recent times, in the year 2023, the number of unclassified sequences has reduced from 11.18% using the previous classification system to less than 1% using the new classification system. Uh, This is really uh, interesting information, and we want to bring it up to the uh, users. And to do so, we have created a new uh, online interactive dashboard for the users. It's very similar to the dashboard that was previously being displayed. But right now uh, you can select the different lineages. You can hover over the different uh, graphs to check what lineage uh, is active during a particular year. And you can see different trends in that particular graph.
1: And it's free. Thanks for providing that information, Sirigita. And we're going to have a bonus page of the report in this month with all of this information together, including JQ publication as well, if you guys want to take a look and see all the new classification system. And as Sorry. Dr. Linares mentioned, it's free.
4: And also the link for the next classifier that JQ mentioned is going to be there in that bonus page. So all the information will in snapshot. Perfect. Super edition. <laughs> Super <laughs> SDRS edition this month. <laughs>
0: Thank you, Dr. JQ, for bringing all this information to our audience. It was really good. Thanks, Brigitte, also for for the good work on this. And I hope to see you guys next month. Thank you, guys.
2: My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. -bye. Mm -hmm.